It's a Sunday morning with Kitty on 96.1 BBB with the segment I call Sound Palace. That means I, I go into the community and discover some of our best chefs and bartenders who I know love music and get them to pair a dish with a piece of music. Chef Michael Lee used to be with Mura and he's always been one of my favorite chefs. Now he has opened a new concept, M Sushi in Durham, together with M Coco. Both absolutely astounding. When I know that Michael Lee is in the kitchen, I let him do anything he wants. It's always precise, passionate, and a perfect pairing. Do you watch that show, Chef's Table? Do you ever have time oh, to watch Oh, yeah, it? that's a beautiful Yeah, series. I'm just like so blown away. And I mm. always think we will see Michael Lee up there. <laughs> I, don't know. I truly believe because that's what you do. I mean, you offer that whole experience and you feature the ingredient which just comes to life. And I guess that's what you've always been about, right? Yes, that's my, been my focus. I mean, having the uh, sushi and like Japanese cuisine uh, as a background, you try to you know focus on the ingredients and uh, do simplified versions of uh, different dishes. Of course, you play around with different styles here and there, but I think that's uh, nowadays that's just beyond just sushi and Japanese cuisine, though. The movements and you know culinary world, especially in this area as well, a lot of the chefs, no matter which uh, cuisine they're. Um, concentrating on, it seems to focus a lot on like simple quality local ingredients. So I think it's essentially the same as what, what everybody else is doing. I'm just playing with a lot more fish. <laughs> and you do surprise us. I mm-hmm. mean, all of a sudden there'll be some kind of out of the box, something, yeah. something, which is what makes the whole experience so fun. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we forget sometimes we have like technically over a hundred sushi restaurants in the triangle. There's probably a lot more. That research I was, tend to disagree, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real sushi restaurant. Yeah. But, you know, with that said, what happens is like well, a lot of the uh, restaurants are have such an easy access to uh, what you might call like a little bit not the highest level quality, you know, the frozen prepacked varietals. And it's very easy to be, and tempting to use those stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we took a chance uh, when we opened them sushi in Durham. And we say, hey, let's start from the scratch. That's when I decided to, you know, uh, uh, go away from Sono, and uh, I, I wish them the best. I still keep in touch with them. But, you know, something I, I knew I couldn't just change. Um, hey, say, we're just going to change the concept after 10 years. <laughs> so that doesn't happen. So um, we planned the move to another city, and Durham just seemed like a perfect location because I didn't want to open another one nearby in the Raleigh area. That wouldn't make sense. I wanted to have a different feel. Durham definitely is. You know, it's it's it definitely is a foodie town. Uh, the downtown Durham food scene is very... I think it's very, uh, what do you call it? What's the proper word? Well, I think word? Durham is incredibly eclectic and yeah, diverse. exactly. And they just are drawn to mm-hmm. anything food and for the culinary world. They just gather there. It's like a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> so now you had this space in sushi and you were able to, to bring it to life in your own way. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out to be so successful. Yeah. And so then you have M. Coco concentrating on chicken. It's totally opposite of seafood. Well, <laughs> you know, seafood is tricky, and I, I'm so impressed how you're able to do that and keep the ingredients so fresh. But I feel like 
the chefs that I talk to, there's mm-hmm. something about chicken that they all love, and it's like their comfort food, but it's ours, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> you have, again, simplified a concept because you had extra space. In the kitchen. You, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. So there's, uh, like, twenty. how many seats? 20 seats? Or? 22 seats, and that's jam-packed in there, and it's very, very tight. And so how did you decide chicken? I, I think there's five? Six menu items now. The concept behind that was, well, from the very beginning, when we uh, planned um, sushi, and it, for it to be a seafood-dedicated uh, sushi restaurant so that we didn't have to focus our attention um, elsewhere, like hibachi chicken or, you know, teriyaki and other things where eh, there's nothing wrong with them, but we wanted to focus on seafood and uh, just sushi. So with that said, the plan was made, like we're going to try to focus on opening restaurants and concepts that concentrates on actually one food group. One protein exactly and build mm-hmm. around that. Exactly, mm-hmm. like seafood, cocos, chicken, and poultry. Uh, next one's going to be beef and pork. And then we also have a um, vegan uh, concept working. That's going to be the last one because that's the one that I'm afraid of because I'm <laughs> I'm really big protein and meat and fish uh-huh. eater. Uh, I'm not that familiar with like uh, vegan cooking. But what I thought was awesome idea is like we have a lot of great vegan and vegetarian restaurants in the area, but there is not one that focuses with Asian influence. In Japan and Korea, we have what, what's called a, a Buddhist cuisine, which is like, uh, you know, gathering of mountain vegetables and um, utilizing those to create simple and healthy food. Hopefully it tastes good. <laughs> and, you know, I eat those food whenever I visit uh, Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, there's a lot of people who are health conscious, so they're not just necessarily vegetarians and vegans, but they just want to explore different, um, you know, food options. And I thought, you know, it would be like right a good time for us to kind of like uh, research and explore on that idea because the whole purpose of creating restaurant concept with key focus ingredients is so that we can learn so that it's not like we have the set menu, best menu in the, you know, day one. It's like Coco too. Like we change the menu, we upgrade the menu, we tweak it, we research ideas, even though it might look the same. It's a test kitchen for us. Sushi is, is, is actually easier. You know, we've been doing it for a long time, but chicken is something that everybody has their favorites. It's something that they can cook at home and, and it's very economical, so you can have it a lot of times. There's a secret to precise and remarkable Korean chicken, though. I don't know what it is. I'm planning on finding out from you, but to me, the crispier, the better. And that it's like, how do you get it crispy and how do you perfect that one dish or the mm-hmm. five, six dishes that you have? That's, that isn't easy. It's not, but it gives us like, you know, a lot of chance to improve it and learn from the experience. You know, the crispy uh, fried chicken, you know, Korean style fried chicken, it's about crispiness. It's not a, you know, Southern style or dry uh, fried chicken. It has sauce on the exterior. So it's uh, very important that crispiness stays crispy for a long time, even with the sauce on it. You have to double fry. So first fry is going to create the uh, crust, and then you allow it to rest for a few minutes. That way, all the moisture inside is very active, so it's going to get to the crust. So you actually let the vapor moisture release a little bit, let it get a little bit uncrispy, and then you refry it again. So the second time you refry it, there's not as much active steam going on inside. That helps, and the other one is the batter. It's basically a half 
cornstarch and a half misal tempura flour. And the key is make it very thin. So a lot of times, like when people make a Korean fried chicken, they make the batter too thick and it gets bready and cakey. It's actually not a, like, you know, really difficult or rocket science hidden. So it's a dish, actually, it's a lot easier to be done at home. Because <laughs> at a restaurant, when people order wings, you know, they, they don't want to wait 20 minutes. But even if we fire the order right away, it's like fast as we can do is minimum is 17 minutes or so. Before the vegetarian, you mentioned another concept. We're looking at actually looking at the location and the building and trying to match that. Instead of just like uh, saying, hey, we have this and we're just going to put it in anywhere. But it will be in Durham? Yes. Mm -hmm. Chapel Hill, Durham and Raleigh are all different. You know, they, they have their own personalities. Absolutely. You know, from being in Raleigh, it's mm -hmm. really different from being in Durham. It is. And that's what's fun about the Triangle. You know, the Durham, downtown Durham scene, uh, the Raleigh, you know, the Cary Apex area, the Chapel area. It's all very unique feel. Uh, you can go in there and blindfold, you know, you know, people from out of town and kind of set them in the area and they, they, they can feel the difference. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say about you, Michael, is you're always giving back to the community. And do you have anything coming up? Yes. That's ultimately our uh, end goal. We haven't mentioned this to many people yet, but our ultimate goal is to come up with a concept that can be franchised into a nonprofit restaurant. So the simplest way that I explain to people is just imagine a successful chain restaurant, whether it be, you know, In-N-Out Burger or Chipotle or, you know, imagine those type of uh, well-done franchises, but it's just 100% nonprofit. You know, as chefs and, you know, we work together, Kitty and you and I and like other chefs before with, you know, wine dinners benefiting nonprofit locally. But I always thought in the back of my mind, like, you know, they, they're wonderful. You know, you, you can create thousands of dollars, you know, working one night, collaborated with different chefs, and that's a lot of money. But I was thinking a little bit bigger um, where, you know, if we have some kind of devastation, whether it's hurricane, you know, recently there's been a lot of it, whether it's it just it might be an earthquake somewhere, it might, you know, anywhere in the world where they need help or locally. If we imagine... A franchise that's very successful and it has all of that funds just ready to be released at any given moment. Imagine how much money just, you know, sitting in the bank for whoever needs. And you're talking about not thousands, you're talking about millions, if not tens or hundreds of millions of dollars even, right? And that thought of that is very, very exciting because that's a lot of funds. Even celebrities can't just, you know, come up with that kind of money. Exactly. I, I love that idea. And it's on a daily basis instead mm -hmm. of a spotted events. There's so many possibilities. Absolutely. Because that's going to, you know, it, it creates jobs, first of all. And so, and then also it's self-marketing because, you know, if we try to do something good wholeheartedly and it's not a, you know, crappy food, <laughs> hopefully, then Never. people are going to like it. And, and and they know if they understand the meaning of that, you know, the, the restaurant and we're going to make it, you know, obviously very transparent. So people can hopefully be able to log in the website and, and see all the figures, where the money is going, you know, so they don't have a doubt. You know, there's a lot of nonprofit organizations where, you know, a lot of money gets leaked. Well, I'm all in. When you get it going, let me know. I'll Absolutely. do anything I can to help. I wanted to mention before we do our big reveal, pairing <laughs> reveal, I wanted to talk about the chef tasting, which is 
to me, the only way you should ever experience Chef Michael Lee is let him just do his thing. For, first of all, in a, like a multi-course cuisine in Japanese uh, restaurant, there's two different ones, omakase and kaizeki. Kaizeki cuisine is more of a seasonal, traditional, so what we're doing is omakase. Omakase is chef's choice. So basically, whatever the chef wants to give you. <laughs> and that is exactly what it is. So I create our grand omakase with the mind that if a friend or guest comes in and I want them to experience a the best possible meal, a little bit of everything that I want to give them without being redundant or from the um, rest of the menu. That is the Grand Amakaze recipe. Okay, since you are known for your pairings, what did you choose as your dish and what piece of music are you going to pair with it? So the dish I paired with the music that I chose is not necessarily a dish at a restaurant or it's not even a complete dish. It's a simple recipe. People ask me, you know, how do I make Korean barbecue at home? You know, the marinade for the beef ribs or even like pork shoulder, whatever it might be. Everybody's interested in. So the recipe is very, very simple. It's three part water, one part soy sauce, one part sugar. And that's it, basically. Really? <laughs> the simplest thing in the world. And then people will just get like, like, you know, you, you sure that's it? And it's like, I tell them that is it. And then you can also add, you know, a little bit of, a, you know, grated garlic or ginger or um, sesame oil or any kind of like uh, herbs or fragrance you might uh, want to put it additionally. So we're now completely drooling over Korean barbecue. And in my head, I'm trying to think, what would you pair that with? And why would you pick a particular song? This is a, such a uh, go-to recipe for me, whether it's like a uh, event and last minute. You know, chefs always do that. They always like wait until last minute and then they're always behind schedule. They're trying to make the, you know, the ends meet. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you uh, have a unplanned guest. Things always come up and it's like uh, this song comes up in my mind. Just the, uh, I don't think it's necessarily the, uh, the lyrics. But it's more of a, the tempo and the feel behind the music. So I chose uh, uh, the final countdown by Europe. Like I said, one of the reasons is like, you know, it's a go-to recipe. You know, it's like, like final countdown, like, yeah. you know, time to get things done, you know. And uh, there's a, sm- a, s- a smaller story behind it is uh, when I was about, I think, 11 or 12, when I first came to the United States, uh, this was about over 30 years ago, uh, you know, I couldn't speak any English. I was just thrown into a local school in Missouri. Missouri? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, Washington, Missouri, so that's, like, even worse. <laughs> you know, obviously, I didn't have any friends. Um, I, I, nobody even came to talk to me because it was one of those things. They never, the kids in school never saw an Asian kid before in their mm-hmm. life, and so it was like a culture shock. But there's one um, kind of uh, popular kid in the school, you know, at that age, and I remember he gave me a cassette tape. And back then, you know, there's like a single track CDs nowadays, you know. Back then, it was the cassette tape that had a single track on there. And he gave me that tape because I was in the corner by myself. And he actually let me listen to his uh, uh, Walkman. And then I liked the music so much, I didn't understand it because I couldn't speak English. Yeah, and he he loved that cassette. And it only had one song. And, you know, the tape was very thin because it's only one. You reverse it and it's the same song. Um, but it was is one of his uh, favorite. But uh, he gave it to me, and uh, I kept it for a very long time. That's a great story. Make sure you enjoy Europe's final countdown video. Plus, I encourage you to share this with as many people as possible on social media so we can get the word out and do more of it. Comments, suggestions, maybe ideas for future shows. 
all welcome. And of course, visit M Sushi and M Coco with Chef Michael Lee in Durham as soon as you can. Thanks for listening to a Sunday morning with Kitty Kennan and Sound Palette. Have a good one. Ciao.